Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us as we continue our studies in the Old Testament book of Sirach, looking for practical wisdom for daily life. And we're looking specifically at health and healing as it's described in that Old Testament book of Sirach. And I just have a quick disclaimer. I'll be sharing some personal health stories and some health information, but this information is not intended to be any type of medical diagnosis or formal treatment recommendations. Anything you contemplate doing for your health after listening to this show should first be discussed with your family physician. I gave you some various verses and sections of Sirach on health and healing in our last episode, and I ended where we're going to begin again today is Sirach chapter 38, and this is one of the best health chapters in the entire Bible. And as I mentioned, this was a turning point in the Jewish view of physicians. They were not regarded real positively for many centuries in Old Testament Israel, but Sirach seems to have really turned the corner. So let me read all this great advice in Sirach 38. Honor the physician with the honor due him, according to your need of him, for the Lord created him. For healing comes from the Most High, and he will receive a gift from the king. The Lord created medicines from the earth, and a sensible man will not despise them. He gave skill to men that he may be glorified, by them he heals and takes away pain. The pharmacist makes of them a compound. His works will never be finished, and from him health is upon the face of the earth. My son, when you are sick, do not be negligent, but pray to the Lord, and he will heal you. Give up your faults and direct your hands aright, and cleanse your heart from all sin, and give the physician his place. For the Lord created him. Let him not leave you, for there is need of him. There is a time when success lies in the hands of physicians, for they too will pray to the Lord that he should grant them success in diagnosis and in healing for the sake of preserving life. He who sins before his maker, may he fall into the care of a physician. And it's pretty obvious that God is the source of healing. It says explicitly in Sirach 38 and verse 2, for healing comes from the Most High. That's the basic premise of health and healing. And yet, a lot of times people like to bring things in opposition. It says in the first verse that God gave us the physicians. And in the second half of the second verse and the following verses, that God works through the physicians. And then in verse 4, it said, the Lord created medicines. And I'm just going to add a qualifier for a little later in this broadcast. Um, this was written before pharmaceuticals became a skyrocketing investment vehicle on Wall Street. Okay, this is a little different context, and we're going to get to that. And then verse 14, 
It says the physician will pray, even the physician himself, even though God's using him, even God's using the medicines he's administering, the physician still prays along with the person who is sick. And what a wonderful thing it is when nurses and physicians pray. I can remember quite vividly one of my first pastoral visits to a hospital by myself. I was mentored by an older pastor. In case you're listening, kind of a new listener, faith and family, I was a Protestant evangelical minister before becoming Catholic. And I was asked to visit the neonatal intensive care unit. Uh, A little baby was not doing well at all, and he was in very serious shape. So I walked into the unit and went to one of the nurses I saw and mentioned I was here to say a prayer for this particular baby who's having a hard time. And uh, the nurse actually, I felt, was a little short with me, and I just kind of took it negatively, thinking, well, maybe they just don't like ministers coming (laughs) into their intensive care unit here to, to say a prayer. And so she just asked me to stand over there and aside till I tell you or something like that. So I was standing there wondering what was going on. And they were very busy, two nurses working on this baby the best they could. And then when she was done, not only these two nurses, but every single nurse in that intensive care unit for infants came in and formed a circle while I prayed for that baby. Uh, It was so moving. And to me, this is medical care. In other words, They were doing the very, very, very best they could for that little baby who was in such serious shape. They had all the technical equipment, and they knew what they were supposed to be doing. But every one of these nurses also acknowledged that there was a power for health and healing and and the welfare of that little baby that was beyond them. And very reverently, they joined Well, I prayed. And I'll tell you, it was definitely one of the best hospital visits I ever made. And little did I know, just a P.S. in case you visit someplace where somebody's in the hospital and maybe give you a very negative reception. I had one guy just cuss me out and I left his room and uh, I don't know why, but I came back and uh, of course he started crying and uh, he had killed somebody while he was drunk driving and stuff like that and just... You know, when people are under a lot of stress or a lot of concern, very often they'll give whoever comes in, particularly a minister, a piece of their mind. And then what they really need is is a, a prayerful healing touch from God. And so the physician will pray. It's a wonderful thing when nurses and physicians pray. Now, one of my favorite verses in this great chapter in Sirach for health and healing is verse 4. It says, the Lord created medicines from the earth, and a sensible man will not despise them. Now, notice where the medicines come from. The Lord created medicines from the earth, from the earth. He's talking about herbs and plants, and a sensible man will not despise them. Well, you know, I have a small greenhouse, and in my greenhouse, I have Sirach chapter 38 and verse 4. The Lord 
created medicines from the earth, and a sensible man will not despise them. Now, a lot of our chemically made modern medicines are basically kind of copycats for something in nature that was discovered. But here it says he gave skill to men that he, God might be glorified, and by them he heals and takes away pain. And it says the pharmacist makes of them a compound, and from him health is upon the face of the earth. And again, that Bible Translator's Handbook mentions that at this stage in history, the physician was probably the pharmacist too. In other words, he was the one um, selecting the plants to make a compound with. In other words, he's working as a pharmacist. Then as the physician, he would apply them to the sick person. And so the doctor probably would at this point in history, mix both the medicines and administered them. But the point being, the Lord created medicines from the earth. And, and here's a, a question for you. Uh, from the best chapter, at least in the Old Testament, for healing in the Bible, are we missing something in the direction we're looking for sources of healing? Uh the best medicine, this is, again, my viewpoint, but I, I think it's, it's, it's common sense, but the modern world, sometimes common sense is in short supply. The best medicine is real food, okay? Because that's what God has made. And again, some medicines using real food. Now, there's a problem in the modern world Farmers and ranchers and shepherds are very aware of this, sometimes more than even health-conscious folks. Uh, farmers, ranchers, and shepherds know that through modern agricultural processes, there's great mineral depletion in the ground. And if there's great mineral depletion in the soils, it, it's 100% sure you're going to have mineral depletion in what grows from that ground. So again, if you go to a health food, healthy store, whatever, and buy organic vegetables and such, but if they weren't grown in nutrient-rich soil, they're going to be nutrient deficient. And so that's why there's a role, at least in our day, for vitamins and minerals made from real food. I really encourage vitamins and minerals not made from chemicals, but from real food. And there's a number of companies making vitamins and minerals from real food. Um, Mega Foods is just one company that I can think of. They even have a, a real live video cam from their, their uh, company and show you how they're making from uh, real food vitamins and minerals. Okay. So why did I put that sign from Sirach 38.4, the Lord create medicines from the earth and a sensible man will not despise them. Why did I put that verse in my little greenhouse? Well, God made us. And I'm a big believer in God created the entire world and all of nature and our bodies using incredible intelligent design that uh, things work together. 
And in our bodies, sometimes they do get sick, and our bodies have a very wonderful ability to heal themselves if provided the right things to do. That's what this whole chapter is talking about, physicians, the medicines, the prayer. It all works together. We've just kind of um, categorized things according to different ologies and seeing life in a very segmented way. And as Christians, we shouldn't be doing this because the only people who are picking up this note are New Agers who have the a lot of things wrong, but they're trying to come up with a holistic view of health and the world and all that and worshiping nature instead of the creator of nature and things like that. But nonetheless, um, God has created plants with healing potential, and I'd like to just take a, a few minutes and talk about the absolute winner— <laughs> when it comes to plants. And and I, I actually attended a seminar by uh, an outdoor expert, and he said within 100 yards of where we're standing, we were up on top of a small mountain, he said, I'm going to show you plants that can heal poison ivy, give you vitamin C that you can eat, poisons you can't and whatnot. And it was just all around us that things we never realized that could help us. But I want to talk about one above all the others, with healing potential, and that is wheatgrass juiced with a low RPM juicer, Uh, because if wheatgrass is juiced um, in a high RPM juicer, like most of the ones you probably have for juicing carrots and apple juice and whatnot, um, the high RPM will kill all the nutrients because of the heat. So you need a low RPM juicer, and the reason you need a juicer is that wheatgrass and all grasses have too much fiber. Uh, Animals, uh, grazing animals, have four stomachs. We only have one. We can't take all the fiber, so it has to be a low RPM juicer. And then, in addition, you want the wheatgrass to be grown with sea minerals, and there's a fertilizer and you just use a, a, a small amount that a lot of the sodium chloride has been reduced, but the sea itself has all 90 minerals that our bodies can use for health. And not only it has all 90, but it has them in perfect balance. And amazingly, it's very similar to human blood. It's my understanding, I've read in World War I when they ran out of uh, blood for wounded soldiers, they gave them salt water from the ocean, and they lived. So it's very similar to the makeup of human blood. And why is that? Well, it's the same person that made both. We're supposed to be holistic as Christians in recognizing the God who made the ocean, made our bodies, and our bodies need these minerals. So if you put a little bit of sea fertilizer, uh, I use a product called C90, S-E-A-90. You can even buy it off of Amazon. And that fertilizer with wheatgrass uh, can pull up all 90 minerals. Now you say, well, how am I supposed to do that? I don't have a... um, a little greenhouse like you do to do this. By the way, I'm just starting this. Well, uh, do you have a window in your home facing south or southwest? 
If you do, you're good to go. You just get a little growing tray and start. It takes about eight days to get your first crop up. Uh, I even saw a video online, a YouTube video of a trucker who really discovered the value of wheatgrass for his health, who is growing it on the passenger seat of his semi. So if a trucker can grow it in the passenger seat of a semi, you can just find a south-southwest-facing window in your home and put a little tray in front of it and start growing your wheatgrass. There's kits online. There's YouTubes and how to do it. And just a little tip is that uh, before you just swallow it, uh, you'll probably gag unless you put some under your tongue and just let it sit there for a few seconds till your body adjusts to it and then swallow it, okay? Now, why in the world would I recommend doing something like that? Well, I wrote a little booklet entitled Farming, Faith, and Family Life uh, about agriculture, really, and the value of families in involving themselves with agriculture. But one of the things I included in there is that the way we grow our food can either promote or detract from our health. And in here, I talk about 21st century sea energy agriculture, sea being S-E-A, sea energy agriculture. And I talk about a Dr. Maynard Murray, who is a physician and research scientist during the last half of the 20th century, and he, as a physician, really wanted to find a better way to prevent degenerative diseases, especially cancer. And so what he did, he traveled with fishermen to various parts of the world. Now, why in the world did he do that? Well, he knew that freshwater fish, like a freshwater trout, will invariably get cancer after a certain number of years aging. But what astonished him is that in various parts of the world, saltwater fish that he dissected didn't have cancer. And so why was this going on? Why did the saltwater trout never get cancer where the freshwater trout did? And then Sometimes, you know, fishermen pull up mammals as well, like a turtle. And guess what? They didn't have hardening of the arteries, even older turtles. They could tell its age. So he came back to the U.S. and tested some laboratory mice that were bred to get breast cancer. These are special mice, and so they use them in breast cancer research. So the control group was just fed normally uh, grains. And then they had a test group. They were fed grains, but the grains were nourished as they were growing from ocean minerals. And after the experiment, 90% of the control group developed cancer as predicted. They were supposed to do that. I mean, that was a natural thing that was happening. But only 55% of the experimental group using sea minerals for fertilizers developed cancer. Then he goes, wow, you know, it's not quite in half, but it's a dramatic reduction from 90% to 55%. And then he got an idea. What will happen if we do a second generation of these special laboratory mice 
and see what happens. So he bred a second generation from the experimental group and fed them this sea minerals enriched food. And what happened? The cancer rate for the second generation dropped to 2%, from 90% to 2%. Now that's a heritage to give your children. And what about humans? Well, Dr. Murray found out that populations of areas of the world that have low cancer rates were also locations that had soils rich in what are called trace minerals. And these are basically minerals that are low in, in mass, so to speak, but are necessary for human health. There's when we're talking about wheatgrass, there's Anne Wigmore, who grew up in Russia. And during World War II, she lived with her grandmother, and they had to hide from the invaders. And they had no food and no physicians, and yet they lived on grass. Her grandmother taught her to eat grass and what type of grasses to eat. Well, she immigrated to the United States and was working for her uncle and under some big machinery, broke both of her ankles. It turned black and obviously dying, and the doctors pressured her to amputate, and she refused, and they just thought, you know, she was going to die. So she asked just to be able to sit out on a lounge chair every day out in the sun. And little did they know, she was doing what her grandmother taught her. And she was just eating grass. And every day she asked to be moved a little bit. And she would continue to eat grass. Well, not only did she get healed, these were um, bottom part of her legs that the physicians in Boston wanted to amputate. But she decided not only did they get healed, but wonder what kind of energy and strength would come to her body if she continued uh, living on a substantial diet with this wheatgrass. Well, she started running. And this was in a day when women were not allowed to enter the Boston Marathon. And they basically thought women really, it wasn't healthy for them to run and all that. So she would run pre-dawn hours in Boston because uh, people would be shocked by her. But the Boston police saw her morning after morning running and running fast. They clocked her at five-minute miles. This is when women weren't thought to be able to run that type of speed. So that's Anne Wigmore and Wheatgrass. And then there's the first king of a world empire. King Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament, we read about in Daniel 4, and he was an idolatrous egomaniac and, you know, went around his palace boasting how great he was and how his empire was so great and he built the empire and didn't recognize God's hand in allowing this pagan king of Babylon to rule. So God intervened and says, we're going to humble you. And basically, Nebuchadnezzar went out and lived on grass for seven years. You can read about it in Daniel chapter 4. 
And at the end of seven years, his reason returned. He acknowledged that God was sovereign over the affairs of men. Now, if you want to read about wheatgrass, and I've only said one because this is a um, very unique thing in that all of the 90 minerals that God created are available in wheatgrass, and then through the juicing, they can be assimilated into your body. Two books on this, Fertility from the Ocean Deep by Charles Walters. And on page 159, the very end of the book, there's a very important chart showing all the major minerals your body needs for health, and he shows how they interrelate. So if you're deficient in one, it can cause an off-balance in this whole dynamic within your body, or if you overdo it with one, it can throw the balance for the rest off. So he said, even if you're a vitamin nut like I am and love vitamins and minerals from real foods, he says it's almost impossible to come up with a real balanced mix other than what Ann Wigmore did with wheatgrass juicing. And then there's a second book. If you really want to get into this, this could change your health. It's entitled Sea Energy Agriculture. And this is the book by Dr. Murray that I just quoted his story, went with a fisherman around the world, and that his research was lost for a quarter of a century. He died. His children didn't realize what, what he had discovered. And it's recently come back into print. And so that's his book. And it talks about the sea energy agriculture. This is, you can use it in your garden. If you're a rancher, a shepherd, you can use it with your livestock. As your parent, what you can do with your children, you're growing tomatoes, how to grow tomatoes using sea energy agriculture, just a tip. Hybrid tomatoes don't pull it up like heirloom tomatoes do. So basically what we're talking about, the Lord created medicines from the earth, not from a lab financed by the stock market from the earth, and a sensible man will not despise them. And, and I'm not saying we can't use modern medicines and all that. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying we are overlooking a wealth here that God has provided that Sirach chapter 38 is zeroing in on the wise physician will not despise them, but make great use of them as our Creator intended to bring health and healing to His people. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 353 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to learn more about Catholic family life.